Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking about spine pain with Dr. John Reeves of WK Spectrum Neurosurgery. They are the brain and spine specialist. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show. And as a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned all the way down before making your call. And you know the number, it's 318-219-4569. We look forward to hearing you about this topic. Thank you so much, Dr. Reeves, for being here today. Thank you for having me. Sure, we appreciate it. So let's just get right to it. We talked at the break or, or the tease during the midday about common causes of spine and neck pain. So, and you said there's a long list. It can be anything from wear and tear to specific things. So is there a common thread to having these kind of pains? Uh, it's a little bit hard to answer that, that question. Uh, 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 we said that time and gravity and the various movements we all make casually throughout the day wear out. These are joints, and so they, they wear out over time. Now, some people wear out at faster paces than others. Some people are constructed differently than others, and so, so the effects of time hit them in different ways. Uh, there are a few disease processes. You know, the ones we worry about the most are those patients with cancers, and those cancers can spread to the spine and cause mm -hmm quick devastation, so uh, uh, that's a bad subset. There are other diseases like the inflammatory bowel diseases like uh, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease and the effects of that on the gut can produce chemicals that affect joints, including the spine joints, and they can hurt. And Those are usual non-surgical causes. We ask our rheumatology friends yeah. and gastroenterology friends to handle that subset of patients, but the, 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 the list is rather broad. Yeah, boy, I never even thought about all of those things that contribute to it. You'll hear that certain diseases will affect the spine or move to the spine, but never thought about certain toxins and things that your body's producing that will affect the spine. And I never thought about the spine being a joint. It's, it's a joint. Uh, it's we many, see it many, all the many time. joints. Many, many <laughs> joints. Even though we see all the vertebrae and we see the way it is, of course it is. That's really interesting, too. So it works the same way. It's, it's a wonderfully engineered uh, uh, part of your body, but it's, it's just a big stack of joints, basically. And so if, if someone has an episode of back pain, um, what should they do? Does it depend on where it is in the back? Do they let it go a little bit? Or what do I do if I have all of a sudden, I wake up one day and I've got back pain? Well, you usually have to ask what you did the day before that could have prompted it. And, and most often it's a strain. That's a very, very common cause of of back pain or uh, intense muscle soreness and if, if you can identify something that you might have done most commonly that type goes away uh, just on its own you don't have to do much of anything to make that go away <laughs> other than move uh, which, <laughs> yeah uh, 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 but usually heat and some little analgesics and gentle movements when it should gradually subside on the other hand if you, if if uh, you wake up and that pain is extreme uh, and completely unexpected, you might need to call your doctor. Right. And will it happen that suddenly or is it something that will get gradually get worse and worse? Like if there is, like do you want to take a specific something like it's, you talked about abnormalities in the, in the spine, um, diseases, cancers. Um, is there something like say I had cancer and it was of the spine or is something related on another organ, another area of the body, and it moves to the spine. Is it a sudden pain? Will I wake up one day and it's there, or it, is it, it gradual? It can, unfortunately, or, or can be provoked by something very trivial that you ordinarily wouldn't have thought of 
10 years ago, but mm -hmm. particularly those conditions like uh, cancer or in, in uh, older adults, uh, osteoporosis, for instance, uh, casual movement or if you sit down a little bit too hard or I've had patients bend over to put on a sock and fracture their spine. Wow. Uh, uh, so there are certain conditions, and most patients know they have these things uh, uh, that can provoke a severe pain with very trivial activity. And do you see much cancer actually of the spine where it starts there? Or is it usually there's, moved there from something the, else? The primary cancers of the spine that start in the spine are uncommon. Most often we see that as a result of cancers elsewhere in the body that uh, have moved to the spine. Mm -hmm. And does it have to be like in proximity of the spine or are there certain pathways of certain cancers that just move to the spine? Uh, to answer your first question, no, it doesn't have to be nearby the spine. There are some cancers that do that, but metastatic cancer, uh, uh, it gets in your bloodstream or gets in your lymphatic system and a seed gets deposited in, in your uh, blood vessels of your spine and set up shop there. Goodness, and is that a pain that is a sharp pain, a take your breath away pain? Is there any, are the pains different for something that we need to call uh, you about? Well, we have these various descriptors of pain that we use, aching pain being mm -hmm. what I have right now sitting here, <laughs> maybe you have, <laughs> and we can distinguish that. Uh, cancer pains, they're generally Sometimes they're agonizing, mm -hmm. and they can get go from rather mild to rather agonizing quickly. Uh, and you can't. Sometimes you can't escape the pain. Many many more benign forms of pain you can get in a posture, and it'll it'll settle down after a while. But, but some of the uh, cancer pains, for instance, they're there regardless of position, and sometimes they're worse at night. We're always concerned about pain in the nighttime, particularly bad pain that wakes a person up. Oh, so that's something really to be alarmed. Yeah. Uh, that would be a, a red flag. Because mm -hmm. you would think at night you're lying down, the pressure is off. You talk about gravity, you don't have the gravity of standing up, it pulling on anything. Correct. Right. So when you're lying in bed and you have that back pain, that's really something to... It can be a, a, a concern. Again, you have to so put in much. the context in which it's happening. If you know you're a cancer patient and, and suddenly you develop a spine pain and it won't go away when you lie down, that, that would be something to talk to your oncologist about and he can start that process of investigating it. Yeah, yeah, and I've, I've worked with several cancer patients who they're told once you, they always ask, you know, how will I know? How will I know if it is terminal or how will I know? And they said, well, you'll get this pain deep, lower in your back, and that's usually where it happens with ovarian cancer, different cancers, and I've with some patients and mm -hmm. said that's what they were told. Well, that's unfortunately one we see from time to time, lungs, lung cancers, it's mm -hmm. a fellow today, uh, it, had had it, but he's. I think he's going to do fine. So. Yeah. And so, what what are the most common surgeries that you do on the spine? What's the reason for most of them? Oh well, the most common cause that I, as a neurosurgeon, have a patient in the operating room is most commonly is just degenerative spine disease. It occurs slowly over time, and the joints wear out. A joint can declare itself as being bad by simply rupturing a disc, which is a common scenario. Uh, 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 the padding in between the vertebra vertebral bones is an elastic material. As it ages, it becomes more brittle and can get little fissures or tears in it. And sometimes a 
a piece of it will spit out and get into the nerve tunnel oh. and squash a nerve or in, in the next situation can squash a spinal cord and uh, provoke symptoms that, that uh, are bad. So yeah. that's the most common cause. Very painful. Very painful, them, yes. yeah. And what's the difference in a ruptured disc and a bulging disc? Is it obvious that it, it, it bursts? It's it a matter it of degree, okay. basically. Uh, a, a ruptured disc, as you might imagine, is people envision the, the jelly do donut model where the soft, squishy stuff is in the core comes squirting out, and that's a good general picture of what goes on, but a tear happens in the disc lining and some of that squirts out. That's a ruptured disc. As disc age and as we get shorter with time and settle, the disc commonly will bulge. Uh, uh, kind of like taking two pieces of a moon pie and squeezing the wafers together and the stuff bulges out around. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a disc bulge and that can provoke pain or, or not. Because the nerves attached, or are they just that close that so when a bulging disc can push on a nerve well, the, and send the, pain? The spine is, is constructed so it has tunnels mm -hmm. in these nerves as they come off the spinal cord and you know, goes through the tunnels. The, the nerves have to go by the tunnels, which go by the disc, so they're bystanders to, to the, to the uh, degrading joints. Yeah, and so these each nerve will go out to a certain part of the body and you'll feel this referred pain or the pain all the way down. It's so these nerves are attached to and affect different parts of the body. Right? They, yes, they, they have a destination. So you're wired right. kind of like this building is wired. A nerve starts in a particular place and goes to a particular destination and does a particular set of things. And, and so there's pain referral patterns which are pretty good. Those nerves also go to a set of muscles. Uh, that uh, uh, we check when you come to the doctor's office. One of the foundational exam maneuvers is to check the strength of the muscles and certain patterns, say a, a, a C5, which is a neck nerve, it comes out and does the deltoid muscle. So if they have a particular pattern of pain and we check the strength of the deltoid and it's weak, that gives us a pretty strong clue that that nerve is very okay. irritated. Yeah, all right, we have a caller for you. Hi, Alan. Thanks for calling. What is your question? Uh, yes, ma'am. I just have stenosis of in the neck and the back, and I was just wondering if there's a age cut off. You know, if you if you get how old is too old to you know, do surgery. Well, the stenosis is the word we use for the narrowing of the nerve tunnels in the spine. There's a yes, central sir. tunnel that goes from top to bottom that contains yes, your spinal cord and, and some of the uh, lower nerve bundles. And there's a stenosis yes. also that can affect the nerve as the exit point. So most commonly that's used if it's, it's in your neck. The importance yes, of that is that's where your spinal cord resides. And, mm -hmm. and depending on, I'm not sure what symptoms you had or what provoked the testing that led you to that, uh, that diagnosis. Yes, I was in a wreck about 15 years ago, and I've got disc bulging in my neck and my back, and they're getting worse. Well, uh, 15 years after a wreck, there could have been some slowly progressive degeneration that yes, happened sir. in your neck over that time. Uh, would you come in with that diagnosis if it's in the neck? We observe the way you walk because spinal cord dysfunction has a certain set of findings that, that uh, uh, we can observe gait. That's why we tap your reflexes because 
if it's symptomatic, your reflexes will do a particular thing. Uh, you yes, get too it, active. Uh, and the you last, get, last question, uh, how old it would be too old to come in and have a surgery? Oh, I don't think there's a, a, a top out age in and of itself, okay. if you're in good health, yes, I've operated on 97-year-olds yes, with spinal stenosis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I will. Uh, I will try to make an appointment. I appreciate all your time, and you have a safe day. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling, Alan. See, it's not too late. He can still get fixed. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a concern, especially something happening in 15 years, and and you're wondering if there's an age and. Because uh, we talk about it being, you know, degenerative, and the older you get, in age and wear and tear, and uh, you wear yeah. and tear. I mean, some of these things do arrest at a certain phase, but that's why you go to an expert to say, where are you in that process? We mm -hmm. see stenosis and in spines that have basically fused themselves. And wow. Perhaps we don't worry about that patient as much as somebody who has a mobile spine and stenosis at the same time. So they'll fuse themselves. Spines can fuse themselves. Really. Uh, of course, there's a set of disease processes where it fuses itself, right. ankylosing spondylosis, yes. lytis being one of them. Mm -hmm. Some of the rheumatologic uh, disorders can auto-fuse the spine, and that's, those are pathologies, but sometimes the simple degenerative uh, processes can fuse or become so stiff as to be effectively fused. And, uh, uh, so Mother Nature does it also. Yeah, so we uh, hear about that with arthritis, all of those. Yes. And, and it will, so the, the bones will actually fuse together like, like you would, because there is a surgery where you, you fuse them together. There is together. a surgical fusion. Yeah. Uh, the problem with some of Mother Nature's fusions is she lays down the fusion bone in the tunnels where the nerves live. And oh. so, so again, that's a, as you learn these things, as you, do your career, you learn the certain patterns and mm -hmm. you, know, you learn to assemble all this information and it running through your filters you have built into your mind by yeah. now and, and uh, uh, try to figure out a person's risk factors. You just figure it like out. That. Yeah, it's all individual. So it if is. someone comes to you and this has happened, they're, they're fused together, they're, this has happened, is there anything you can do for them if they're in pain from this mother nature fusing their bones together? Uh, well, if the bones are already fused, uh, you often look at the next door neighbor joints that aren't fused, because right. sometimes that's the problem. Whether mm -hmm. we do that surgical fusion where we apply and get a patient's fusion to heal, if they come back a few years later, it's often not that fused segment. It might be the next door neighbor uh, joint that is, has, was not included in the fusion. The same principle holds for those patients who spontaneously fused, you know, there'll be a little segment that Mother Nature fused and then it's the next door neighbor uh, joint that is provoking symptoms. Mm -hmm. And that's something that happens over time too. We talk about people just living with back pain and, and other, and then we'll have arthritis or the other conditions that you just mentioned. There will be all kind of, you know, arthritis and rheumatology that you said you refer them to the rheumatologist when it's one of those types of situations, but there are all kinds of things that are going on there yes. that can happen in the spine. Well, some of these, you know, things that were Mother Nature's one, yeah. if it's associated with the disease process like ankylosing spondylitis or some of the spondylitis conditions that come from the gut diseases, they they have a set of medicines. We we don't like to get those treated surgically because sometimes we're making a mistake <laughs> if we operate on those patients. So uh, so many of the rheumatology 
medicines are to prevent that spine from fusing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so it's a it's an interesting. Yeah, interesting figuring it opposite, out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's how interesting it's and and so there's non-surgical ways to treat too. And would that be? Yes, uh, just going to the back to the degenerate most yeah. common degenerative patterns. Uh, uh, ways to treat back pain if you present and you, uh, you don't have a dangerous or ominous condition that justifies or requires me to say we just need to set stuff aside for surgery that doesn't really happen really often we will, we'll send you to physical therapy start getting into condition because that's a huge uh, causation of of persistent pain as patients get a pain they become idle they get weaker than they were already <laughs> and sometimes just simply restrengthening uh, uh, helps uh, we have a colleagues in what's called pain management who who do uh, injections and in, uh, various joints if they can get the needle to the hot spot sometimes that helps and you use that as an adjunct to your physical therapy and of course there's uh, uh, chiropractors and there's acupuncture uh, I don't know as much about those specialties but their whole goal is to to get people more functional they all work together that's right and so do you find that people are they'll go to the chiropractor or they'll go they'll have the shots they do all of this and then they'll ultimately end up with you for surgery or sometimes you know when you see someone have they maybe gone through all of this or very commonly you're kind of the court of last resort so yeah. so they've tried everything and then it, it uh, they present to you to see if they have a condition that will lend itself to surgery or sometimes they make the decision you need to go back to therapy and try a little harder yeah. and get a little stronger, Okay. Uh, things like that. Yeah, all right, and we have another caller, but I'm sorry, what was the name again, Zoe? Okay, Foster, thanks for calling. What was your question? I have a terrible back. I've had two different spinal um, fusions and my L5, L4, 5, the lower spine and uh, the, from L, the, the bottom to the tops of the third spine. Let me turn my TV down, please. Okay, we'll wait. I have had spinal fusions in my L region at the, the bottom two regions of my spine and it seems to be just creeping on up my back and I'm 82 years old don't know whether surgery would even be wise to consider but I have a lot of back pain I have a lot of um, gastric issues which I think causes some of it but I just don't know what you know what is what there but I don't find any medication short of like the prednisone which I cannot take uh, things like that that will touch nerve pain. I can sit and stand, but when I lie down, that's when my pain starts. And I have a 
band of pain that goes underneath my ankle on my right foot all the way around the back of my heel. That is like I have been burned. And it's extremely painful and much worse when I lie down. Can't wear a shoe that, or let, you know, let any of my, that hem up my pants, legs, or anything like that. Touch it. I don't know what to do um, at this point, but maybe you can help me. Well, I'd be happy to try. I'm sorry you're going through all those things, but it's uh, a common exemplar of what we see daily in the office practically. We take stories like this and and, and uh, see if we can correlate that with, with the anatomy books and see if we can correlate the anatomy books with what we're seeing on the imaging and, and then see if we can come up with a plan that'll help, which might be surgical. It might be uh, a well-placed needle. It, it might be uh, doing a, a short circuit of pain pathways by putting in a, a spinal cord stimulator or something like that that can just kind of, mm -hmm. yeah, but you really have to take an individual assessment. I, it's, I can't diagnose you over the phone, so <laughs> you just have right. to look at everything. <laughs> but just it sounds like something. Sounds like she's having yeah. some problems. And there might be some uh, options for her, right? There, there should be some options. Other than that, should um, I like to do my own housekeeping? I like to do all the, you know, cooking and that kind of thing and I have other issues that are going on that probably don't have that I've been told I have a lot of uh, inflammation uh -huh. would that be probably part of the problem well if you mentioned prednisone giving you relief so something inflammatory is going on uh, but I, I'd encourage you to, to, to stay as active as you can because once you sit in that chair and get weaker and stop doing things and that just makes the situation worse, so so try to try okay, to stay so I'm, active. I'm not going to make it worse by going ahead and bending, and I'm a clean freak. Yeah. <laughs> and when I clean, I like to get it all. Well, <laughs> so I, I, my I general advice is to stay as active as you can. Okay, because I didn't want to make it worse, um, but. Um, and I have one more question. When I had my first back surgery, they, my spinal column was, the doctor said it was, you couldn't have gotten a straight pin down into that area. Uh -huh. And they ripped all that out. Um, it, could that be part of it, too? Well, again, it, you'd have to kind of assess things. Uh, if you did well with that operation for a long time and then developed symptoms later, then probably whatever that surgeon did, did fine. And now something else has, has come up. If okay, you never got a single bit of relief out of, out of, out of the uh, uh, operation and what was done, then, then you have to look at the whole case and see if you, you even had the right diagnosis. Okay, and you mentioned spondylosis. Spondylosis. Um, uh, spondylosis is the doctor word for spine arthritis. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just, just don't get any older, huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, we want you to get older because the alternative <laughs> is a little more drastic. That's so right. We want right. you to keep, you know, doing those chores and being happy about all that cleaning you're doing. That's right. <laughs> Does that well, answer your question? Yes, it does, and I thank you for your help. 
um, and I, uh, if they, if, if every time anything that will touch nerve pain, uh, uh, I, you know, there's not, you know, not, when you get to a certain state, there's, there's, uh, a lot of medications by mouth are ineffectual after a while, and, and that's part of the trap. Is people keep chasing with medicines, and they'll, they'll get some relief for a few days, and the effect of those medicines wear off, and, and then you've got another problem of too many pills. So uh, you probably need to see someone and see if there's any anything that can be done besides oral medications, because. Those are only so good, and, and there's sometimes I tell patients there's not a pill in the pharmacy that'll ever get ahead of this. Yeah. Does that help? Oh, we've lost her. Okay. Well, I guess you answered her question. That was very I thorough. Guess so. Really nice to hear that. And it's interesting that she started with saying that it's, she feels like it's creeping up her spine. Is that a feeling that, does that happen, or is that just a feeling that will happen after you have that? Uh, well, that's something we call adjacent segment disease. Right. That's usually something that uh, or can happen adjacent uh, to the next door neighbor joint to a sure. fusion. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, it happens to the minority of patients, mm -hmm. but, but they're very vocal. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything, any lifestyle or anything that we can do that will affect whether we get neck and, and back pain in the future? Is there anything we can do to put that off or feel as healthy as we can for as long as we can? Well, I'm an advocate of exercise. I, mm -hmm. think, I think the stronger a person is, physically strong, the better you, you age. Mm -hmm. And so it has health benefits beyond your spine. Right. Uh, but I would say if you're in shape, stay in shape. If you're out of shape, then uh, uh, if you can safely start an exercise program. If you're woefully out of shape, then you might need the help of a of a therapist and a trainer. There, that's if uh, I think people who aren't used to exercising, it's uh, I'll usually tell them to get a therapist or a trainer to help because you can injure yourself in the gym mm -hmm. by being a little bit too enthusiastic or right. simply having bad form and you know not setting your feet right. So uh, physical strength is is very important. Uh, I ask patients frequently, do you exercise? And they're either telling me something that they were exercising a few years ago and haven't <laughs> exercised for years and or and, I did once and, and some some people say well I walk and walk your cardiologist likes you walking but uh, your spine surgeon wants you getting physically stronger and you don't get a lot of physical strengthening out of merely walking yeah and we talk about the core a lot, that yes. building your core, strengthening your core is really good for your back. And so that is these abdominal muscles, these, these really help strengthen your back. Is that true? That's true. It's, it's part of a good total good body basis, exercise program. Yeah. should include strengthening the, the diaphragm at the top of the core, the pelvic floor is on the bottom. So for ladies, you do your Kegels and men can do Kegels too to strengthen that. Then the, abdominal wall is the front of the core, so uh, the variety of, of abdominal strengthening exercises that don't include sit-ups, which are hard for many spine patients and are hard for obese patients to do. And then finally, there's the, the muscles of the spine itself. So it's really a, a all the way around and all the way over top to bottom, right. that's the core. And posture, and again, just be careful with those exercises. Don't go 
a little too far. And a trainer is, if you really are focused on strengthening your spine and those muscles that support the spine, a trainer probably is a very good idea because your posture and your form, I would think is really critical for that, like it, you said. It's very critical. So I, I encourage people to, there's train, uh, you, know, you see these uh, folks who are get their certificates in training. Yes. They're well trained. They, and you talk to them and, and they'll guide you. They don't want to have a, a patient, a client who won't come back. So they'll gently push you along. A lot of people have to be pushed into getting stronger, but I would use the local trainers. They're, I'm sure they're 99% of them are just fine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and are the things we can do like just while we're sitting, like sucking in our stomach or watch our form. If we are avid walkers, then maybe walking is our choice. Um, there's form that can you know, we can focus on our core while we're walking. We can suck on our stomach. We can do other things. You know, yeah, we can focus our mind, right? Some of that's right? done reflexively, but, mm -hmm. but uh, sucking in your core. But of course, some of these stenosis patients are problems they can't walk very far. That's right. Uh, that's the legs yeah. peter out on them. And so they're, yeah. It's, uh, that goes back to the, to the, treatment things yeah that treatment. how much you can do because stenosis yeah and we talk about stenosis in the neck can lead to numb your legs can be completely numb right and discoordinated yeah but, you know some of the stenosis patients can still exercise so a bad lumbar stenosis frequently can do uh, weight lifting uh, they can do uh, exercise bikes mm -hmm. they frequently do very good on those things yeah so there's always something you can do probably yeah. Most often there's Most something. Most often, yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, is there any one thing that you'd like to leave us with before we? We have a few more seconds. Uh, I think exercise. we've covered everything. We exercise. This was wonderful. Get good sleep. Get yeah, <laughs> get good sleep. Take care of yourself. Drink lots of water. Water's yeah. always good. Sure. All right. And just pay attention <laughs> to those neck pains and back pains and don't be afraid to call about it when it happens. Don't be afraid yeah. to ask for help. All right. Thank you so much. It was thank a you. pleasure meeting you. Thank nice you talking you. about all of this. We really appreciate it. Uh -huh. And everyone, thank you so much for calling our callers, and thank you for watching. We'll see you next time on Healthline 3.